Good morning. I'm Emily Reese, and I'm speaking with Dr. Peter Zellis, who is a clinical psychologist here in St. Paul, and uh, we're going to talk about COVID-19 and mental health. Good morning, Peter. Good morning, Emily. Thanks so much for reaching out about this topic. So talk to us a little bit about just how we can take care of ourselves right now. Yeah, thanks. It's a, it's a great topic, and it's coming up every day in practice when I talk to uh, other psychologists and physicians about this. Uh, you know, people are struggling, and right now in particular, here we are toward the you know, end of July, beginning of August, this has been going on for a while, and people are just exhausted by it. They had a sense that this was going to be over a lot more quickly than it is, and they're losing their resources. Their psychological resources are going away, that whatever reserve they had is feeling like it's, uh, it's, it's being used up, and it's particularly difficult for them. So the, the, one of the things about this that is so hard is it's a constant threat, and it's an ambiguous threat. You can't see it. You know, it's just out there. That, that word came out uh, after 9-11 for the people who lost relatives that they never saw again. They called it an ambiguous loss. You know, you never got to see them. But in this, it's an ambiguous threat where there's this virus floating around out there. We don't know exactly where it is. We know somewhere. Uh, we don't know if we're going to be walking into it or not. And that's very, very uh, hard for us to not have control over that. Why do you think that we all thought it would be over so fast? Why? I, I'm baffled by that. I mean, because I did too. And mm-hmm. I, I don't think I thought it would last. I, I don't know. I, I'll let you talk. <laughs> well, things happen quick in our world. You know, if 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 someone, you know, makes a little comment about the economy, the the stock market goes up or down 20 points. And, you know, we, we see the world changing so quickly. I think there was a belief that, Oh, we'll get a handle on this. This this is not going to change our life. And who could have thought about this? To get your head around it is quite amazing. The entire globe is struggling with this at the same time where it has fundamentally changed our lives. So I, I don't think anyone could have imagined what this was going to be like and the scope of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, what are some common themes, uh, you know, that, that you're finding as you speak with people and other people in your profession, too, in just how, how everyone is coping? You know, what are some common themes that you're finding? Uh, right now, it's how they're not coping. Which, <laughs> <laughs> that. Yeah. Uh, you know, it, it's it's been much longer than they thought. They're missing the opportunity to casually socialize with people, to hug their friends and relatives, and uh, you know, casually walk over to someone's house and not have to think about it. You know, how for so many of us, we haven't been in a restaurant since March. Uh, you know, it's a very strange thing. Uh, and then there's this underlying feeling of anxiety and fear, uh, tremendous amount of fatigue uh, that's present for people just every every day. So, uh, you know, they're at that point of, of not knowing how to cope with this anymore and having felt that it was going to be going to be all over by now. Uh, and they're they're just their, their cup is empty. They don't feel like they don't have a, a whole lot more uh, to give some things that they can do uh, that are helpful. And these are some of the things I've talked about earlier. I, do, I have a series of three videos uh, on the subject on YouTube. And in the first one, one of the things I talked about was uh, taking a vacation from the news, uh, that people are uh, needing to sometimes get away from the constant bad news. Uh, not, you know, not forever, but, but, but at least take breaks from it. Uh, the New Yorker had a great cartoon early on in this with a woman who said that 
my my desire to stay informed is in conflict with my desire to stay sane. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, and I think people are really uh, have really been feeling that. So, uh, you know, t- tending to stay a little little bit away from that uh, has been helpful for a lot of people. The usual things about trying to maintain sleep and exercise and a good diet, not drinking too much. Um, drinking is really up for a lot of people right now, which is not necessarily a good thing. So they have to watch that. Um, that, that is a tremendous helpful thing. The other is, um, finding some ways to find gratitude for the things that are going well, uh, you know, a tremendously important thing for people to do because there are things that are going well and, um, we're not actually in jail. Um, you know, we, we're, we have a lot of wonderful things in our lives and trying to appreciate that. So that's a comment that I make to people that my, my students who are going out to their training programs is, uh, if you have things that you do that nourish you, might be a creative endeavor or exercise or something, keep on doing it. It's really important for you. And the other one is don't worry alone. Uh, have people that you talk to about these things that are frightening to you so that you're, you're, you're sharing that with someone. We've known for a long time that when people are going through traumatic experiences, and this is a kind of traumatic experience, they need to have the chance to talk about it more often. And uh, that really helps them feel better. Mm-hmm. One of the things I noticed when I first started out is that all we were doing when I would reach out to friends and family was was talk about the pandemic. And so I kind of withdrew for a little bit there. Have you encountered some uh, folks struggling with those kinds of issues as well? Yeah, I think they're getting tired of it. Uh, yeah. it's, you know, it's a, it's a very difficult thing to, to face all the time. Uh, so yeah, for sure. And, and plus, the it's great that we have things like Zoom and FaceTime and so forth to we can connect with people. I mean, we're really fortunate to live in a time when we have that. Uh, it's also way second best. It's it's not nearly as good as being present with people. You know, those of us who who are trying to do healthcare online, uh, we know that about ninety percent of what we communicate is nonverbal, and uh, so trying to do things on telephone or even on, even a good Zoom connection. Um, you're missing a lot of, of the communication and that, that makes it hard. So, you know, that's, that's a really difficult thing. You know, one of the points I wanted to bring up about this was about how long it's going on and, and dealing with uh, the, the kind of exhaustion that people are having right now. And there's two things that seem to me really important. One is at this particular moment in the world, we need to recalibrate um, about how long this is going to be. And that means changing our perspective uh, going away from the idea that this is going to be gone and over in a couple of minutes or a couple of days to know this is going to be an ongoing threat. And we, and it's going to be requiring us to put one foot in front of the other for probably several more months. And the other thing is that we also still need to maintain hope that those two things are really important. In one of my videos, I talked about uh, James Stockdale, who is a naval officer and Vietnam veteran. And uh, he was a prisoner of war during the Vietnam era. He said the people who did best maintained a pragmatism, you know, that is that I'm going to have to be in this in the long haul. I got to, you know, I got to exist for a long period of time here. It's not going to be over right away. But they also maintained hope that they would actually be rescued and, and set free. Yeah. Those two things worked well. The people who got too pessimistic, you know, they didn't do well. But the people who were thinking, you know, tomorrow morning they're going to come and pull me out of here. Those people didn't do well either. They got worn out. Yeah, sure. 
So it's about a balance, finding balance. A balance between pragmatism and hope. Those two things are really important. Well, Peter Zellis is a clinical psychologist from St. Paul. Peter, any final thoughts before we go? Uh, yeah, I have a, a, a strange one that came up just the other day when I was talking with some people, and that is, I wonder if we'll look back on this time and there'll be something about it that we'll miss. Hmm. And, you know, that it, it seemed crazy at the time. Yeah. Uh, but I was talking with someone about it with a patient yesterday, and his initial comment was he was he, he hopes that we continue to have curbside pickup for food. He's just loving that. <laughs> uh, but but the other thing that's really, really kind of interesting is our time with our families right now. It's it's difficult in some ways, but we do get more time with our families at home than we have in a long time. People are cooking at home and eating at home together much more often. And there's a clarity about values right now, too, that we, um, you know, the most important thing is your values. A lot of people's work are saying family first, that kind of thing. So, uh, you know, let, let's, let's try and make the most of that while we have it. Indeed. Peter Zellis, clinical psychologist from St. Paul, thank you so much for speaking with us today. You're welcome. Thank you, Emily.